What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Avery Wilson, singer, songwriter, performer, and I represent strength and I represent love unconditionally. You are tuned in to the Unconventional Christian Podcast. If I should stay, I would only be in your way. Welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast, and I am your host, Ladoon Thompson, and we are sitting here with the amazing, super talented brother, Avery Wilson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm here. What's up, my guy? Man, I'm good. Blessed. Glad to be here. And we're happy to have you here. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a uh, journey trying to get you here, but I know you've been back and forth on the road from For L.A. Sure. to Jersey. Everywhere, but I'm here. <laughs> no excuses. So before we start, we always start with a prayer. Yeah. And um, for me, I've always been someone who's prayed, and I think that I would love to have you uh, lead us in a prayer. <laughs> okay. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you asking you for nothing, appreciating you for everything you've given us. I ask that you touch everyone in this room and everyone that hears this podcast and sees this podcast visually that you walk them through life, helping them to be better, to understand that everything that we go through is a process and we will make it through and we're covered in your name. Amen. 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 Thank yes, you sir. for that prayer, brother. Absolutely. So, um, you know what? For a lot of people, um, I think you're living under a rock. You've got to be in a whole nother country to say you do not, even being in another country, you have to be on a whole nother planet to even be in a space where you say you don't know who Avery Wilson is. All right, to anyone who's living under a rock or living on a completely other planet, um, you may may or may not know who Avery Wilson is, but Avery Wilson has been on the scene in the industry, and it seems like such a long time, but um, it's crazy. It's not it really. Been. It's been a it long time. <laughs> no, you know what? I take that back. It seems like a short time, short but time, it's okay. been a very long time that you've been in the industry. Sure. And and um, you're what, 25? Yes, 25, 26 in July. And Cancer season, you heard? <laughs> Cancers, crazies. The whoa, crazy. Whoa. Tread lightly. <laughs> Okay. Yo, no, uh, I love cancers. Can you, you know I love cancers. You <laughs> um, yo, tell us. I, I, I'd love to just touch on how Avery Wilson came into the music industry. Like, where, where did it? Where does your humble beginning start from? Wow, my humble beginnings. I can't. As far as I can remember, is about eight years old. My dad was always in the church. Um, and my mom as well, like being the pastor's adjutant and the minister and all these different things. So they kind of were like immersed in that world, but I never really wanted to do any type of singing or any type of thing musically related, which is probably hard to believe for anybody that knows me. But um, I think being around that, being around just like spirited people and like anointings, if you will, like on different people, it just kind of like always pushed me into it. So I've always been around music and I would like generally be humming or like, as a kid, just kind of like in problematic moments, I would be singing to myself, not thinking I was any good, not trying right. to really impress anybody or do anything you know, great. Um, and my dad heard me one day and he was like, nah, this is what we're doing. You're gonna stop all that extracurricular stuff, this uh, basketball and track and this and dancing and all that, done, you about to sing. And I'm like, dad, Joe Jackson, I didn't know what this movie was doing. <laughs> so it kind of just, it went to that place. And then he, my father's also um, a partner in McDonald's. So he has like, I think like 19 or so restaurants right now. 
Um, so McDonald's, I'm kind of like, I love y'all, but I'm over y'all. There's no more of you for me. Uh, I grew up on this stuff. <laughs> so um, I used to sing in one of his restaurants every Wednesday uh, because I was too young to get into any clubs or whatever before we started to travel to New York and like go to the Sugar Bar and the Village Underground and like be around all these amazing, groundbreaking, monumental, historic singers. Uh, right. I really got my confidence on the level that it is today. But I used to sing at his, his McDonald's every Wednesday, and it became a thing. It was like uh, Wednesday nights at McDonald's, like an open mic night type of thing. Soulful Wednesdays at McDonald's. Yeah, and to be honest, it was so organic at first. Like, he had bought, my dad is the one, obviously, who put this mastermind situation together, but he went and bought, like, sound systems and, like, mixers and microphones and, like, put it literally in the middle of his uh, restaurant. Um, and people would come in, they would get their food, and they'd just be eating, and, like, nobody would even be recognizing anything, and I would just be singing, like, covers or whatever cases. It's just, like... 12 to about like 15, 16. Right. I was doing that every Wednesday. And it was just the basic the basic principle of like getting confidence, learning yourself, not being afraid of people, having to interact. Um, if you really do what you say you do, you'll be able to do it at the drop of a dime. Like all these little things that you're supposed to have as fundamental stuff. Right. My dad was putting that into me because I was a nervous person. I didn't really like to do people, one, or sing or like do anything in the face of anybody. Right. So that kind of broke me down and I started there. And then like 16, went on The Voice, did that whole thing. Wow. Like stood in line with like 35,000 people. I might've been like 20 something thousand, got in, did that. Um, he also was like, I'm not coming with you to that. So you better get in line with your brother and figure it out if that's what you want to do. Cause I, I brought you this far to get confident. You better go be confident out there for yourself. Like he kind of always put it in the forefront of me. He never was the, the uh, sweet, loving, you know, rocking me cradle type of guy like he gave me hard love all the time and i think that's what kind of like got me to this point but i started at mcdonald's man like anybody and anything is possible yeah yeah <laughs> mcdonald's mcdonald's <laughs> yeah, and that's i'm like i laugh at certain people where you still like, eat mcdonald's no absolutely not never if the fries is fresh no, fries. okay <laughs> i can't i ain't gonna lie if the fries is fresh i could do that but um no nah, i don't do mcdonald's i was doing mcdonald's every day i'm like big macs this this nuggets oh like oh i don't on Yo, it, it's <laughs> it, and it's crazy to me, and I'll say that just being a fan, yeah, um, being a fan, and it's crazy now. Like Avery's my friend, Absolutely. so that's the fire part. But being a fan for so long, mm -hmm. um, when I look at how quickly, like, like how long you've been in the industry, I keep saying quickly, how long you've been in the industry, I see, um how hard was it for you to like balance that that ego like when it came to your rise because um industry wise your name was buzzing everywhere yeah. when when you first stepped on the scene like and and still is to this day but when i say when you first stepped on the scene I I, when i think to myself that was really 10 over 10 years ago and you were 15 and yeah. 15 in that 15 16 age and and it's like you know how how hard was it for you to balance your ego at that time honestly i would love to say that it was extremely hard but it wasn't like my parents and my people around me and like some of my uncles that were like really got me into just having presence and showmanship and all these things and like putting in the time with me um they never played that mm. and even when i felt like i got to the edge or the ledge to jump off of that and like believe everything that everybody said to me or i always was like the, it was the security chest like you know in the uh, vip like where are you going it was always that yeah. So I never really got to that point, but I think ultimately what kept me cool is that I realized it was a gift. 
it was like, this is God given because ultimately I never wanted to sing when I first started. So I'm not going to act like I always wanted to, even though I, you know, I took time and got good and people uh, see me and appreciate my gifts and my talents and what I can bring and offer. But I think that's the thing that keeps me like in that same space and not really like eating what it is that I serve is because I know it's a gift. I get out the way every time I sing, every time I open my mouth, if I was to sing right now, it wouldn't be about me. Because then when that's done and that gift goes and does what it does and it moves in the space that it does and it affects people and touches people, it, when it's done, it's back to me. It's back to like Avery Wilson, the person. Right. I never get caught up in like what God has given me to be able to move people and touch people. Like I sit in awe sometimes too when I look back at it after the fact, but I don't, I never ever want to eat that. Mm. Nah, that, that, that's, that, that touches on to me that moves on to another idea and mm -hmm. concept for me that's major to me is obedience right absolutely so for you uh when did you realize like that you had to lean into a place of obedience with your gift that god has given you i think that happens all the time i think it recalibrates me every time i see someone respond to me every time i open my mouth and sing or i like you know in a place where it's like maybe i don't sing at all and i just walk in and somebody's like you, you Avery Wilson. And it's like, for me, I'm like, what does that mean? And I question myself all the time, like, what does that mean? Because like, what I do and what I've been doing and what people have seen me do to rise to this point, and I continually want to keep going, right. um, I, I never really preempted it. Like, I didn't sit there and was like, oh, well, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna get your applause and I'm gonna make you clap for me. Like, no, I literally sing from a place of uh, honesty and purity and just like, what I said, love and strength and just unconditional love. And it's like, I want people to be able to be moved. And like, sometimes I do it for me. Like, and I don't always do it for me, but like, I, sometimes I need it. I need to feel like what that gift is and that presence that God has put into that, that anointing for it to like get on me, which sounds really crazy because like it's coming out of me. But sometimes I'm not obedient personally. And it's like, I need something like that that's powerful, that's way bigger than anything I could ever create to really like sit me down. Mm. I think that's, that should be for anybody that has a gift or an anointing, which is all of us in our own way. It's like whatever it is that you really have been gifted that you clearly go on autopilot with when you do that, it's right. like that needs to sit you down sometimes because the person, we are, as a flesh, we do all type of crazy stuff. Right. And we, you know, we believe all type of hype and all type of things. But it's like when I get to that point, that's one thing I know, if nothing else, that God is in control of. If I didn't know anything else that he was in control of, I know he's in control of the gift that I have. Mm. And if I mess it up or if I, you know, I, I don't honor it or I don't take care of it or I act like it's just another thing on the shelf, then that's where I become wrong. And that's where I lose everything that he's given me. Right, right. And, yeah, and, and that always touches, for me, it goes back to, um, you know, realizing that you can have an anointing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they get an anointing and they think that it's a forever thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> My they, mom always said to me, and I still believe it. No anointing comes free. Every time you use it, you have to pay. And I don't care when. If, you, if, I, if I'm using it today, I'm going to pay today or I'm going to pay tomorrow. Like, it, it's, rent is always due. The rent it is, is always due. due. And it doesn't matter for what it is. If you are gifted, anointed, you have a purpose, you know what it is, it is due. And you're going to pay some way. Or it's not free. <laughs> and if you think about it, because when she used to say that to me, I used to be like, what is she talking about as a little kid? But like I get it now. It's like if I give you a gift, it's free for you. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want with it, but you should take care of it. But the one who's giving it to you is obviously watching this to make sure. It's like, okay, well, I didn't give you them shoes. Let me see what they're doing. It's like 
God is taking account for everything you're doing with your gift. Right. You can act like it's not important or you can act like it's not great or you can wear it out or you can give it to anybody for free and do all these things. But that's on you. Right. And ultimately, right. you have to take care of the gift that you got. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a bar right now that my, I can hear the cameraman. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, that's such a bar, though, for real. It's a fact, bro. It's a fact. Um, now, you know, it's so funny. I, I didn't even expect to go here with where we're going. Um, go. Now, when it comes to anointing, right? Mm -hmm. The anointing comes with sacrifices. Absolutely. So, with you, with the anointing, like, what, what does sacrifices look like for you? Like, when it came to, like... What are some of the burdens that come with having this anointing? Sacrifice, in my opinion, is the, it's like the number one main ingredient for life, period. <clears throat> I don't think it's just about anointing. In order to live, you have to sacrifice. Right. Because it's like, if you want to break it down as far as going to work every day, mm -hmm. that's a sacrifice. Because you probably would want to do other things with your time of day. Yeah. With, with the gift that I have, the anointing that I have, however we like to address it, the sacrifice is daily. Do I fall short sometimes? Absolutely. I'm human. <laughs> right. But it's like, it's certain things I can't do. There's certain people I can't be around. There's certain places I can't go into because I know there's not just people and bodies, but spirits and people trying to attack and do certain things and like have these ulterior motives and then certain things physically I can't do. Like I can't be smoking. I can't go to certain places at certain hours because if I know I got a gig tomorrow, I can't be at the place with the loudest music yelling at the top of my lungs and can't hear because I get up tomorrow and the job that I was supposed to do, I wasn't prepared for. It's like, Sacrifice is daily. It never stops. And if you don't sacrifice, you don't gain. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think when I think back to um, the sacrifice that a lot of people take in this journey, especially especially musically, mm -hmm. like for you, like coming into the industry, there is a lot of spiritual attacks that people don't see. And it's, and it's, it's Sometimes a hard... Sometimes we don't see yeah, we don't see. Yeah, it's it's a hard sure. conversation for a lot of people sometimes because having that that conversation about spiritual attacks, people mm -hmm. don't see it because you know maybe they don't really have that much of a you know they don't understand you know faith in yeah. in, 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 in what spiritual attacks look like. Yeah. So for you, what has spiritual attacks look like for you um, in industry? Well, ultimately, spiritual attacks are so spirituals or spiritual beings, you should say. It's like, mm -hmm. they, we don't see them all the time. Sometimes you just see them because of the action or the effect that it has taken right. or the thing that has happened in front of you. But I know there was um, one of my pastors that she passed, and she told me when I saw her, and she was like, I always pray for you. And I, before I even started to sing um, in my life period, she was like, "There's your name would be in lights. And like she prophesied it to me and my family and all these things. And like I didn't understand. Like I was dancing and doing sports and doing other things. I was not worried about singing at all. And the last time I spoke to her before she passed away, she was like, sometimes I don't even, know, even though I pray for you, sometimes I don't even know how you still are making it and surviving with all the spiritual warfare that's going on around you. I'm like, hmm. And not to me, <laughs> but to me, I'm like, this is a woman of God that I trust, that my parents trust, that they like, she's been there before I was even in the world, like just in the stomach. Like, and you said all this and I'm like, and you say this to me and I'm like, that's crazy because I don't know if I always see it, like 
visually and in a physical form of the right. attack. But it's like sometimes I feel it where it's like, you know, certain deals or certain situations I go into, it's like there's already a hold on it before I even get there. Right. Because I can't make it happen. I can't move it. And they're like, well, this politic and this and because Avery's done this and the third, we don't know if we're really interested or we can't do this. And it's like it feels like a bunch of setbacks. And sometimes in that way, there may be spiritual attacks that I'm like, OK, there's something going on deeper than what I can see. Right. And then sometimes it's like, you know, I get into deals or situations with certain people and it's like their ulterior motives are kind of off. And it's like we can look at that as just like a regular thing. But I'm like, no, nah, there's a reason why we meet every single person that comes to our life, especially in relationships of business and of love and all these different things. And I'm like, it just be going left sometimes. Like yeah. sometimes it's good, but then sometimes it's just this automatic left. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to just chalk this up to some type of attack. And it's like it has to be. Right, right. And, and a lot of times we don't look at a lot of people don't look at rejection as no. protection. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know I have it all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes <laughs> we sit in those moments and we pout and mm -hmm. we want to say maybe, you know, sometimes we blame ourselves and say like, yeah. man, what did I do wrong? What did I, what caused this thing to fall through? But sometimes I think the, the, the hardest thing for someone to do is to really sit back and say, thank God. Absolutely. In that moment. Because in that moment, you said it's not what you wanted. It's it's we have our own specific needs and desires that we want, and we we are we're so tied to an outcome. But the amazing thing about God is when you get to look back down the line about why it was so important that I'm certain sorry. things fell apart. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I've, I've definitely been there. And I even touch on what you just said. Sometimes I think the questioning of ourselves sometimes not all the time i think sometimes it's important because right. i'm a firm believer that if god is showing you the, the path that he wants you to go in and you don't go that way he will show you again the problem in itself and you will go through that same situation in that same season if you will again right and it is okay to say well me it's me why why did i do this because ultimately you didn't get the lesson Right. So he's showing you again, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yo, we in the middle of a podcast, and that is confirmation <laughs> for it, me. He will show you again. I've been shown several times certain things. I'm like, why am I dealing with this again? I thought I got this. I thought I understood this. I thought everything that you asked of me, I did. I'm like, I've made myself available. I've sacrificed. I've did this. And then I look back after maybe like two or three times that the same situation happened. I'm like, okay, this is what I missed. This step. And it's like, I, that's my firm thing in my life is that I take notes on everything that I go through because if it comes again, because it can, if it right. comes again because I didn't understand the assignment, as people like to say today, if I didn't understand the assignment <laughs> all the way to the T, I have, I have spark notes. I have like things of mental notes that I'm like, nah, I didn't do this. So when this come around, I'm not, I'm not watering the plant like this no more because right. that burned it out. I'm right. not feeding this thing anymore because that left me starving. It's like, you have to think about all these different things and take notes. Oh man. You got to. That, it ain't yeah. always wrong. It ain't always wrong to look at yourself and say, it's my fault. Yeah, you know, I, I said something like that the other day, and it's like, you know, sometimes in certain seasons, we are the toxic one. Mm -hmm. We are toxic. It doesn't mean we have to be toxic to anybody else. No. We are toxic to ourselves. Absolutely. Which you know invited I mean? most of the toxic things. If you're toxic to yourself, you're ultimately, if, if our stuff is who we hold at the top of the list, we're inviting more things to be toxic right along with us. Right. In any shape or form. Yo, I, I remember, what was it, maybe like a couple episodes ago, we had Michelle um, 
Shell Williams on here. Yeah. She said, delayed obedience is still disobedience. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> delayed yes, obedience sure. is still disobedience, and there re- there's repercussions for your delay. Yes, sir. Um, because, and, and another person who was on here whose favorite quote to me um, is Lord Funk. She says, um, if I, if you were obedient when God first put it on your heart, it won't feel like that much of a sacrifice. Woo! 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 <laughs> Ski! Ski! That is so true. That is so true. And that's why I said, that's why I ultimately said, if it comes back around, he's going to teach it to you again because you didn't get it the first time. Right. And now, and now the sacrifice that probably wouldn't have felt like she said, felt so hard on you and felt like so many burdens. You're going to feel that even more now because you've missed the understanding of what you should have gotten in the first place because he laid it out for you. Oh, yeah. Yo, I'm, you know, we're talking about this and I'm like. It's resonating. Oh, listen, so it's well. for me too. I'm like, I'm filter feeding. <laughs> Just letting it go. <laughs> nah, this, it go. this is this is this is therapy for us. You know what I'm yes, saying? Because I think a lot of times we don't get to have these conversations, and this is why it's so important to have the unconventional Christian podcast to mm-hmm. me. Because I think a lot of times these important conversations do not happen, mm-hmm. and people don't get to hear. Um, they don't get to hear the side of of. First of all, just black men talking. Right. But then another part is to be um, just devout Christians, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and, and believing in God and Jesus Christ. Um, for you, um, how important is your relationship with Jesus Christ? My relationship, honestly, is number one to anything. I don't, I don't care what it is. I'm like, I love fa- family as my number one, but even my relationship with God is more important than my family. Right. Just because... At the end of the day, they brought me into this world where I have to ultimately be an example of what they are and be an image of what they are and what they've taught me. But I still have to live for myself and I still have to get up every day and have a name for myself and make decisions that, you know, I guess they reflect them, but they're not them. So right. I, my relationship with God is so much more important to me than anything, because if I if I don't hear what it is he's trying to get me to do, then it's like everything they could tell me is really just whatever it's just floating it's like right. i can't get to where i truly want to be without it and i've been in situations where i think i've listened more to um human beings or listened to myself and being wrong where i'm like hey why am i so far left why am i so off center from what i'm trying to get it's because i have though i hear the voice and i hear what he's saying but i ultimately think i got it figured out from what a different source is and it's like not nah, the only source that i truly need to pay attention to is the one that is speaking the loudest yeah, and it, and it's 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 in a resounding sound. Mm-hmm. It's the loudest it's, voice that I could ever hear. It's louder than any. It's louder than my own personal thoughts. It's louder than my family's thoughts. Out of my mom, my father, uh, any mentor that I have, their voice is very minuscule and small compared to that voice. And I know that. And I still, in certain instances and choices of moment, I still picked theirs, which is crazy. T- tell me, and real quick, do you think of a time that? you know for a fact that you've heard you've heard God's voice in something and you chose the other and then you have to sit back and be like you know what okay because I'm in music obviously it's something music related but I went and (laughs) I don't even talk about this much but good exclusives (laughs) Um, I had a deal that I was in for about six years and it just wasn't serving me well 
And it was a point where I had got, I, I was green and I was in the beginning of it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow everything this person says and do it all. And I'm going to stand on everything they say because it's right. And I don't know anything about this business and all the things. And then I get to a point where it's like, I started to grow up as an individual and as a man. And I realized that the things they were telling me truly weren't serving me. Like it just mm. wasn't right. And I'm like, I've listened to you for five and a half years at this point, And I'm circling myself i'm right. not going anywhere right like, it may seem like it to people but i know personally i'm not fulfilling anything right so i'm like dang so i get to this point where it's like i'm, I'm in this space where i'm growing i'm good now i start to like not listen to him and i'm like okay or listen to this deal and i'm like mm. and guys like okay you need to get rid of this you need to fire this you need to walk over here and tell the truth about this you need to do all these things and i still didn't do it <sighs> and then it turns out that at the end of that six-year deal, I finally did step into those moments. Now, this was, that was like five years in. I feel like I got that. I got a clear indication, a clear message from God. Like, you need to do all these things. If you're really tired of struggling, if you really want to be great, and you really want to move out of here and, like, do these things, if you're tired of having this this type of uh, battery going on in your life and getting beat up for this and that and the third, you might want to do this. Mm -hmm. And left it up to me, and I didn't do it. And then that six-year thing, I'm like, wow, you know what? I was like, let me go ahead. And I had to, like, dig inside and get that confidence and get, like, in the belief in what it is that God has really given me and what he's really placed in my life. And then when, as soon as I, I did it, everything that was said of me that should have been done started to roll. I mean, like, really roll. Right. And it didn't, it didn't stop anything that I thought it would when I was afraid to do so in the first place. And I should have just trusted it. Everything that he said. Everything. And now it's like I will follow... Now, from that experience, for me, I'm like, I will follow God blindly. I don't care what it is that's going on. I don't care if it hurts my feelings, if it, does, if it feels like it's a stagnant thing. Because sometimes God will give you an assignment to do, and it'll be like, wow, well, what's the point? Like, right. at this point, why am I doing this to get to where? Right. It's like, that's getting me in that space. But it's like, I'm not going to sit here and act like everything that God has told me to do that I always felt like it was the right thing, personally. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to say that I haven't been mad and be like, why this and why that? That That's like inhumane for people to think so. It's like because God is as great as he is and as, as amazing as he is and puts us in position to fulfill everything we want in our life doesn't mean that it's we always feel like everything he says at every right moment is what we should do. Sometimes you're afraid. Sometimes you're nervous. Sometimes you're scared about what the outcome is and faith isn't really in the front of your mind. And it's like you're thinking about all these other things because you've been moving around, doing all this otherworldly stuff. Right. And that's just kind of what it was for me. But I can honestly say that I am free from situations that I probably should owe a lot of things to that I don't. Um, I still can walk away and not have to be held to any bondage. Like I've grown. I'm in better position than I've ever been. And I've definitely put in the time to like to suffer. Oh, yeah. Now that I've listened. Yeah. It's changed. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Absolutely changed. Yo, that's that's that's. Those, those are bars right there, first of all. And listen, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you what, what has truly been working and honest for me is like even people that I meet now compared to maybe like four or five years ago when I was in that dark rut of a space mm -hmm. from not listening and being disobedient or maybe delayed obedience like yeah. Michelle said, they're like, who is this person? Like, I see you. I see a light. I see the difference of you. And it's like not like even on no cheesy mess. It's not like, oh, look at you smiling more. And like, no, it's like inward and outward it is just a difference. It is a clear, complete difference. Right. There right. is no more of that, like that second guessing or that that held uh, bondage over my head and like things that I'm like, wow, like, why am I here? Why? I'm, I'm not listening, obviously. 
But I'm like, I can still make it through this. And no, you can't. <laughs> mm. You really can't. Yeah, it, it, it's so funny in, in hearing you. Like we, I don't know why it's not the most common conversation that people do have, but maybe, you know, we're breaking the ice with that for people. But yeah. for me, being here in the space talking to you, I feel like I ain't never even know. Like it's a scary conversation to have now with people when it comes to talking about faith. Mm-hmm. and talking about Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I say that word and it's still like, don't get me wrong, it's it's scary because sometimes we try to play the gray area sometimes when it comes to the world. You know, yeah. And we say, you know, God, because God mm-hmm. is an easier thing to say than to lean in specifically about what you, who you identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, do you think that, because I think with your, with your, your talent, with your character, with um, everything God has like blessed you with, do you consider yourself a disciple of of Jesus Christ? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you feel like you're even even not even a if you? I will go with disciple because I feel like nowadays, of course, Jesus isn't here for us to like walk behind mm-hmm. him and be disciples, but you're you're a messenger. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I look at you in that sense, as though that you are a disciple. Of Christ, you're somebody that um, that God that you've been anointed, mm-hmm. and you have a message. You know what I'm saying? I absolutely do. Um, I think that's what ultimately drives me every single day, uh, even in my wrongdoings or even in my flaws or my shortcomings. I think it's still something about having that type of uh, anointing or that type of understanding right. or just a purpose in life. Period. To walking what it is that he is, which is true love, which is like, you know, support for the people that feel like they're outside. It's like, even he was judged and even like, I don't think there's a thing about me that is not an example of what Jesus Christ is. Right. And even in my wrongs, cause it's like, God was not perfect. I mean, you can go into a deep example, obviously, but there's nothing about what I am that I don't want to, I don't want to serve that. Right. Like right. Every every day is about about me being better. Every day is about me being more in the light of Jesus Christ. It's not really about me being perfect though. Right. I don't think that's what it is. I think some people hear it and it's like the the example of what a Christian is is like sadly it's like they're perfect and they they're closest to God. And it's like this is and it's like that's not real, which is why I like the fact that your title is unconventional right. Christian because it's like it comes in all shapes and forms and sizes like any any other walk or any other faith or any other person or creed it's like it, there comes it comes in layers and it's like we all are different we all i mean honestly we're talking about god and we over here drinking so it's like at this point you got to realize that <laughs> you got you have to realize that it's like there is still room to live right there's still room to be able to do the works of what he is and what he's placed in us and still be able to live, to be able to communicate and understand and still be eye to eye with someone who does not understand or does not walk the same path or realize what it is that we have in, in us. Right. Right. I mean, I feel like for me as just as a Christian, you know what I'm saying? My walk, mm-hmm. I'm constantly in this place where I am trying to, um, follow in Jesus's steps. Mm. You know what I mean? When I feel like when I meet people, I want them to feel like they like mm-hmm. if you've never if you've never read the Bible, <laughs> if you've never heard of Jesus, yeah. 
and you come close to me, you're like, all right, cool. And you're like, yo, what is it about yeah, you? And I'm like, because you know I, I want to be like, like Jesus Christ. I'm like, that's, I walk like this because I want to be like Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I want to be like Jesus Christ. So that's like part of my walk. Yeah. So it, it, it's important for people to see that in me. And that's a constant everyday pruning of self. Like Absolutely. you're constantly doing the self work. And you realize that a lot of times you do things that you feel are right, but they're not really righteous. Absolutely. And I was just going to say that the thing to me is funny is that this is the unconventional part of the unconventional Christian. Um, I don't when I meet someone who doesn't believe or doesn't understand, and they don't have to be atheist or like be on the opposite side completely right. of, not, of, of Jesus Christ or God or however you would like to look at it, I don't always want to convert them. I want you to feel what it is, but this is what you're saying, what I'm agreeing with. I want you to feel what it is that I am, and, and if not want that, at least try to figure out where in yourself that is. Right. Because it's in all of us. It's not a forceful thing. I don't want you to have to change up your entire scope of life and like become, in a sense, miserable because now you're doing something that you ultimately didn't feel like you should be doing. But I do want you to realize that that light that you feel or that infectious feeling, if you will, that is something that you possess that you don't have to run from. Mm -hmm. And realizing that if you don't want to call it what I call it. Right whatever that may be, there is still something for you to connect to. And you should find that because you shouldn't, I don't think anyone should be walking through life alone. And right. I don't think that's just like not friends, not family. I'm talking about support and like realizing that there is struggle and there is success and there is sacrifice. There's all these great things and some on the other side of the good. But it's like, there are things that really make us great that we walk around with and you should know that that's in you. Right. You know what? First of all, I love you, Avery. Love you too, again. Yo, because, <laughs> yo, that made me feel so good to say, to hear you say that because mm -hmm. I probably couldn't have said it any better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I'm always in that space where I just want people to meet me and meet Jesus. Yeah. You're like, yo, I, I, do. I like Every time they meet you, every time they hear you, every time they wear a piece of your clothing, every time they go to an event of yours, every time they hear me sing, every time they talk to me, they meet me. If they don't see me and they just literally just hear something of me it's like i want you to feel that that sh it shouldn't be that far off it shouldn't be distance from whatever we do whatever we project and put out it should be in that too god should be in that too somehow i don't have to walk around and say jesus 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 <laughs> for you to feel that my my connection is there my gift is there my anointing is there my 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 relationship is there right it should be able to uplift this person and make that rock feel like it's more than what it is right it right. just should. Yo, when I say I'm just praying on the equipment right now, <laughs> hey. I'm praying on the equipment that all this message is downloading and saving because this is so good. <laughs> this stuff is so good that, you know, I, the, the devil's mad right now. Oh, yeah, he's always mad. But honestly, <laughs> at this point, wouldn't you be mad if you were in and now you're out? Right. Of course, I would be too. I, like, he was once a part of everything that we are. You could be here. Yeah, and you're not. But you. But the thing is, it's it's so it's so much worse that I think if I put it in like terms of people that don't really understand, if I was at a job that have the all the benefits, hopefuls, all yeah, 
all the benefits, the 401ks, the this and the third, and then you lose that job and you've learned through that time you've been there for time and you've you've been successful at it and you've been good and you've been the person we call on. And now all of a sudden we don't need you anymore. Now you're outside and you've experienced what it is to be behind the scenes, which everybody doesn't. You know exactly how to get in certain places because of your frustration and because of your anger. And you still can't make it happen, but you've had it all. You know what it feels like. You've tasted it. You've touched it. You've felt it. You know what it feels like to be glorified and be good and be everybody be on your side. And now you're not. I would be mad too. And everybody that's in the way, I would want to take you down as well. Right. So I don't. I'm not mad at him. Me I'm either. mad at the devil for doing what he does because you put yourself in that position. But right. you should use him as a lesson and as something to learn from. Because you would never want to be outside of his glory, would you? Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. If you're there, stay there. Yeah. Make it work. Be wrong, be indifferent, be good, be everything that you want to be, but realize that you can be like that too. Be gifted, be blessed, bring a lot of great things to all we've got. Sing, and no music. still, and still you're not good enough. Mm. And still you're looked at, at from everyone as, oh, nah. That's what you chose to do. Yeah, so it's like that. You have to look at everything and learn from everything. And I don't ever look at the devil and be like, you shouldn't be mad. And I'm a yeah, I might stop all on you, but I, I'm not mad at you. You got to do it. You did what you had to do. You did what you wanted to do, as my parents said. Right, right, like, oh, no, right. you did what you wanted to do. Ah, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, that, and that goes right into um, a conversation people um, don't even talk about. Like, this is this is good stuff where I get to, like, bring everything full circle. Mm -hmm. So we talk about permissible will. We talk about perfect will. And we're talking about completely out of the will of God. Do you feel like currently you're in a space where you're either in his permissible or his perfect will Ooh. i feel like i'm in his perfect will even with everything that is not right about me mm. because i don't want to say that i'm in permissible will, honestly <laughs> I, I mean because i'm just not gonna claim that i believe that all the things that we put into the world is where we stand and i'm just i'm gonna say i'm in god's perfect will because he knew and does know everything that is inconsistent and consistent about me right and i feel like because i stray away do i become less of his child no right. and i think that i will forever be in his perfect will as long as i serve him and i put him first and i realize that even in my questionable moments of things that i think that i probably should have just never did right. or you know thought more of i'm forever gonna be his child right can i do things that probably take me out of that maybe if i'm stupid enough right, right. <laughs> but Nah, I'm I'm afraid of being God's perfect will. Yeah, well, I mean that's one of the great things, and it's like uh, having. God. Huh? I say my my God, I serve is forgiven. Forgiven, <laughs> and that's and that's full of love. I think a lot of people don't even understand how forgiving God is, mm -hmm. and we look at that's why it's it's tough being. And I I understand why a lot of people now in this day and age choose not to be completely. Um, I would say engulfed in their faith that they may have grown up in because it's so judgmental. Mm -hmm. It comes off so judgmental. Um, and, and even with that, you know, going into like, you know, last summer, like you, the tweet of all tweets from Avery Wilson came out, right? So like, it's one of those things where people may look and say, oh, like how can he be a faith and, and still um, be part of the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when I say that, it's like one of my biggest things with that is why is it so hard now for someone who came up in the church, mm -hmm. you came up in the church, you know the church, you know the word, why is it so hard for the church currently to completely um, find and understand that, that like 
There's so much judgment that comes from the church. Um, I would like to say a lot of things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that if we talk about tradition of mm -hmm. a lot of older folks or people that are like so traditional, right? Um, I think the way that you learn is the way that you live. Mm. And if I look at it from a perspective of school, I don't know if you're in like kindergarten or whatever, and they're like, here's three apples and one orange that's on the paper, which doesn't belong. Right. If that's what you learn, as you grow older, those apples and those oranges and that situation of figuring out what doesn't belong turns into clothes. I don't like this. I don't like that. That doesn't belong. We're not wearing that. That turns into people. I don't like you. I don't like you. That doesn't, you don't work for me. Right. And I think that it becomes a judgmental thing more than it is anything else because there are several, a plethora of sins that are fall on the list. Exactly. And for someone to look at this glass and say, well, you hold, you hold uh, alcohol and I hold water. Well, ultimately, they're both liquids. And right. it's just your liquid of choice that you don't appreciate because of what you've been taught. And I think that if we start to look at it as a broad spectrum and say that, well, if God created all things and he created every one of us in the shape of him and in the, the view and the vision of him, then it's like what I do is not going to be any more exclu exclu excluded than anything you do. And I think that it comes down to people looking at somebody else and saying, well, why do you do this? And then ultimately we can always point the finger back, but nobody likes to point the finger back at themselves and say, well, why do I do this? And I feel like your sin is greater than mine. Right. So I don't know if it's always just like about sexuality or anything like that, but it's just sexuality in general, outside of church, in church, it's just a touchy subject for, for life itself. Very now there's so many pronouns and all these, like it's just a touchy thing. It is not, I don't think it's just about church. I think it's about human race. People just love to separate the whites from the blacks. And I'm talking about just in general, clothes, people, mm -hmm. they just like to separate everything. Right. So it makes it seem like one thing is worse than the other, but really you are, you at home sleeping with this man's husband or you at home stealing exactly. this or you're at home doing this. And like, even that is not justifiable, but because I don't get to see it or because you don't take the standpoint of stepping to the plate or being in the front and saying, well, this is what I do, then nobody knows. But it takes courage, and which is another thing I think like is in in God's, you know, in his his action. God is a, God is very, very uh, full of courage. Right. And I, it's a lot of things that we try to like displace or step away from. And it's like, well, you can talk about who I sleep with, but like ultimately you sleeping with somebody that you hate. Right. And even hate is a sin, in my opinion. Yeah. And there's several, like we can break it down. It's like, you know, it all comes down to the judgment. Hmm. Um, growing up for you in in church, did mm -hmm. you um, did you feel as though like specifically the church um, that you come in? Did you feel yeah. like they were very judgmental um, to a lot of people? Uh -huh. Yeah. What type of church did you go? To? Baptist church? Um, I don't know what you even classified my church to be honest, because there was a lot going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Right. But um, yeah, I think they were very. I think they were judgmental to certain people. I seen a lot of people get sit down. Right. Uh, <laughs> I see a lot of people go to the office, which is oh, like they say you. And if you're in the office, you're off. So it's like you know, I, I've seen a lot of people go a lot of places, but ultimately, I think, with the exception of those moments, I think there was still a lot of love. Um, not that I was ever afraid, and I don't think church made me afraid to say who I was personally because right. I always acted upon it. I never really like dimmed it yeah. um, out of my actions. I just didn't speak on it. 
But I, I, I don't know. I feel like church is not the the worst place in the world to be judged. I think we just focus on it because as black people, I'm just talking about us for, as color. Um, yeah. As black people, this is what we do. We go to church. Even if you don't want to, you're, you have to go. Like in some, some instance, you've been. And if you haven't been, you know people who have. So it's like, you know, we just take that to heart. But right. I don't think church is the only place that uh, divides and conquer, conquers at all. Right, right. Now that's 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 real because I think a lot of times we're divided. We're divided in our community. Yeah. First of all, absolutely. you know, just being from the hood, like mm-hmm. we're divided and, and we're divided. Touched, is, he a little special. It's like they, I don't heard so many different things. I'm just like, it's there is division everywhere, everywhere. Right. And it just so happens that the place that we feel like we should be most united and like most together in a spiritual place, mm-hmm. we're not. That's also, I feel like it's just because of what people have been taught. And the Bible says one story, but if you read it and I read it, we'll come together on some things and we won't on another. Right. So if you read it, you might have your own interpretation. Like, well, God said this on, and it's like, well, I didn't get that from that because I feel like he said this. And if I pull up this scripture, then it don't really say that. Right. And it's like, you know, you just have to like kind of gauge it on the people. But I think that's where the strength in me comes, which is what I said earlier um, that I, I really represent strength is because you, you can't get caught up in what people's opinions are, whether it's, you know, spiritually or not, ultimately, because you have to live in a sense of honesty and truth, especially if you really want God to use you. Right. A lot of times I think for me, um, with the choices I've made and the things I've spoke on, people probably feel like, well, I don't know how that could be about God. And this could be, you know, leading with Christ and all these things. But it's like, my journey and my purpose has nothing to do with you. And I know one thing, God specifically said to me, if I don't speak the truth, and if I don't tell the truth, and I don't live in what it is that I am, right. he's never going to give me what I desire. Right. And that's something I know. So I made these decisions because the words that I heard from God, hmm. not from people. I, I know what you just said, used by God, right? That mm-hmm. stuck out to me. Um, to you... Um, you speak on your legacy of who Avery Wilson is, right? Mm-hmm. How do you want to be used by God? Yeah, I want to be used by God in every way that I possibly can. I want to touch every person that either is flawed and wrong or right and righteous, if you will, whatever that means to some people. Right. But I don't ever want to be out of touch with people because ultimately... I think everyone deserves to know what it is to walk in a space of of just what God-like people feel like. Right. Not Christ-like, but just God-like people. Right. Because ultimately, there is a separation, but I think there's no one that I don't want to talk to. I don't care if you're part of the LGBTQAI plus <laughs> family, so um, or if, you, if you're a drug dealer, if you're, um, I don't know, if you're a convicted felon, if you, you know, at home and haven't done any of these things or you know you just kind of like a stationary person i don't care who it is because there's something in them that i need in order to even in my my eyes ignite what it is that god has for me to say and to do and to have purpose it's like if i talk to you every day there will only be certain things i feel like that will come out of me that i can always you know exemplify what god is but if there's somebody who's actually troubled and not the space that you are that's going to that's going to ultimately push me to go into a different direction to right. use something else that God has given me to get across to them because we all aren't the same for a reason. Right, right. 
So, I mean, yo, we we got we got a deep for them. Yeah, they, they, for I sure, know for they sure. definitely like. <laughs> if you're not really spiritually in tune, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you might be like, yo, what are they talking about? So, talking about something that that they all relate to. Yeah. Um, new music is coming soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. New music. New music is coming to any uh, previews, any ideas, any specific people that you're going to be working with and um, or that you've already started working with that you can even talk about right now? Is everything still top secret? Um, no, it's not top secret. Um, I mean, I'm still working, but there are, I've been working with a couple different people. Uh, Harmony Samuels, um, great guy, dope. Got some fire records with him. Pooh right. Bear. Uh, Pooh Bear is really fire. Yeah. Um, People I definitely am planning to work with. Uh, I don't even know if I should say his name, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so some great things nah, are coming. Nah, uh, nah, it's all good. So now with your music, how has love affected? Look at me. Sorry. <laughs> how has love affected your music? Love has affected music because my perspective on people has changed. Yeah. Um, when you really love, like honestly and truly, mm-hmm with no uh, lines or no condition, I think just the way that you walk through life is different. Like right. when I wasn't really, I guess, um, how do I say this? Exposed to a person who could really love me. Right. I feel like I was just kind of using it as like, you know, it was disposable. It was just like, I pick it up, I eat it, I close, I crumple the wrapper, throw it out, next. What's next? I'm on the list like, okay, so that was nice now. Right. And it's like I'm moving forward, but now I feel like I take things into a space of care and into, you know, not really like coddling, but it's like I, I hold things a little bit differently. Like I don't just, you know, throw it up on whatever. It's like I just I make sure that I'm really like trying to understand intention and like trying to walk through life with like a little bit more um, just finesse with people. Right. Like, And not the negative finesse, but like finesse to where it's like, what you have to say and what you feel is actually important. And I want to sit for a second and realize that. And I want to like become better because of what you've gone through. You know? Right. Cause right. I didn't always do that. You know, <laughs> definitely didn't. Unconditional love. Yes. What does that mean to you? Unconditional love is the greatest level of love you could ever have, which I feel like it should only be that if it's not unconditional, it's not love to me. Mm. Because if God didn't love me unconditionally, then I feel like half of the things that I've overcome and been through, I mm-hmm. would still be in them, in the thick of them. It would still be hard and dark, and it would be a lot of traumatic things going on in my life. But because of the unconditional love and the forgiveness that I feel like that comes with, I, I feel like I've excelled and I'm growing better. But unconditional love to me is something that everybody needs. It's something that is unwavering. Uh, it's not questionable. Don't, if I close my eyes and leave you right now, I know that you're still there and thinking of me in the right mind frame. And like you put me not first, but maybe just in the top tier because you can't always put everything and everyone first. Right. But unconditional love is something I think everyone deserves and everyone needs. And if you have never had it, then you're missing out and you need that in your life. And if you don't have it, you need to stop messing with the people that are giving you conditional love because that's not love. That's just being dealt with. Mm. And I think for a lot of people, you learn, you get an opportunity to learn what unconditional love is by 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 re- first receiving conditional condition, love. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I've had so much conditional love that I feel like now that I've received and I'm receiving unconditional love, 
And even I've even put out conditional love because I, I hate to like talk about topics as if I'm not human. Right. Like if I'm just a robot and I have a one perspective, I've put out conditional love. But I think that's also because what I thought um, what I thought people should be receiving is like this much. Mm. When truthfully, not saying that you should give yourself all and fully and totally to every person, but that unconditional love, you can't get that unless you're giving it. Right, right. And you're not putting it out. You're definitely not getting it in. Absolutely. If you're giving conditional love, you're going to get conditional Absolutely. love. Absolutely. It's definitely going to lead that way. Mm. And um, this is my last question before we mm -hmm. jump into our rapids. Yes, sir. Um, and this is something <laughs> that I always have to touch on because we don't talk about it in our, um, enough. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're getting to a space that we're touching, um, we're, we're beginning to touch on it. Um, what is, what has mental health been for you, oh, especially coming out of pandemic, out yeah. of the pandemic? What has your mental health life been like? My mental health life coming out of the pandemic, honestly, is the best it's ever been. Just because I've had nothing but time, I think we all have, and I've talked to people on all different types of levels and walks of life that. We had nothing but time to sit down and go inward mm -hmm. because we were, I'm sure a lot of us, even if we were like fake busy, we were all busy right. doing things and being like engulfed and wrapped in so many other people's lives and people's things and like trying to, you know, make sure you look a certain way presence wise and just like, oh, if I go out, I'm gonna be out like this and I ain't spending this, I'm wearing this. It's right. like you just wrapped up in a lot of things and to sit down and to have nothing but time to say, well, about me like what is it about me that I know that I don't like or what is it about me that I feel like is so like questionable or if I'm really trying to get to point Z why am I still at E like what is the thing like and I think it's the to me is the best thing that I've ever had to do was sit down but prior to that I think my mental health was a little bit all over the place mm. <laughs> uh, just because being young and being in the industry and working with certain people and them telling you and feeding you things like, well, you ain't this person and I worked with this artist and this artist and this artist and you ain't them and mm -hmm. you know, you ain't just, your voice is cool. Like, but that's that's not all you can give. Like, that's, that's all you got. Like, that's crazy. Like, you know, being talked to so many different type of ways, I started to believe it. And ultimately right. that one little seed started to sprout and started to become this big plant and this tree in my mind where it's like everything that happens to me is swayed by what I was told that was off about me. And I believed it. So. My mental health has definitely been all over the place, but now I'm in such a good place because I got to really silence the noise and sit down and not listen to anything but myself mm. and really be real with me. Like, Avery, what is it that you really want and realize that everything that you really want, you're not lining up with? Mm. So, I mean, the gr great thing about that is I tell people all the time that you don't always need to go to therapy. To, to No, you to can be your own therapist. Right. I know it sounds it, crazy. It sounds it, hard. People don't want to hear that. But no, it, they it, don't. It, but, but like, to really <laughs> sometimes true. be able to be in a space of solitude, you get mm -hmm. to really like get to understand who you are yeah. and, and and silence the noise and be able to address your demons. So, in in the the light of therapy, some people think it's really hard. And don't get me wrong, certain situations you do need someone to sit there and talk to. But if you can go, and I'm being like super super, I mean fact of matter, like matter of fact, if if you can go and sit down and talk to someone and then ask you questions and you can tell them everything that's going on with you, you don't think that you can go inside yourself and say those same things? If the information is there and you're willing and ready to spit it out to someone because they know how to hit certain points, you don't think that that's in you to speak on that traumatic stuff. 
or to speak through those moments. It's like, I think that's where you have to have those moments of kind of like stepping out of yourself and say, and be real. And sometimes it's hard to be real with ourselves because I said this that's, earlier, because we don't know ourselves all the time. And that's why I agree with you. And then it's a disagree. I mean, not disagree, but mm-hmm. I understand I like, mean. I agree with you on that. But the main key, key word is you're saying is willing and ready. Yeah. A lot of people aren't willing to be ready. They could sit down and they could talk to themselves, mm-hmm. but they don't want to identify certain things because it says that I am sometimes the yeah. I am sometimes the weapon formed against myself yep, that, that is prospering. Prosper. That Absolutely. is prospering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because ultimately, uh, I think I've sat in a couple sessions and I see how they do it. What they're doing is really sitting in your face and pulling you to that place. They're they're doing this. Come on. You got it. You got all the answers. You're saying it yourself. So how does that feel? Oh, you don't like that? So when that did happen, what did that make you feel like? Oh, you oh, you did that. Well, why did you go left? What is this? These are all things that you've asked yourself or that you've ran from too that are sitting right inside of you. Right. But it takes for you, like you said, to be in solace and to sit still, to be able to even tap into those things and willing and ready, yes. But you just have to be honest with yourself. Right. I feel like in the pandemic, if I was not honest with myself, then that would be my downfall. It wouldn't be anything else. It would just be that I wasn't honest with myself. And it was time to sit down and say, well, have you really shed your light in this way? Did you really say the honest answer when they asked you this? Did you really go ahead and walk in this way and like make sure that you were unapologetic and everything that you felt was important? And my answer was no to myself. So when I said that, I was like, okay, so now that that's no, when they asked you that, what should you have said? Then I said, okay, well, I didn't tell the truth on this. And even though I feel like I'm not lying, I just didn't say it. So it's not the truth. Right. And it's like, you have to be fact, just Mm. factual with yourself. You cannot run. And a lot of people will run until someone has to sit down and say, okay, now what did you do? (laughs) <laughs> and until they do that, then you feel like you're kind of forced to say it. And I'm not the person that likes to be forced in any type of way, honestly. So it's like, I'll go to therapy, but I don't want to be forced, even though I'm sitting myself here to pay you to tell me to force myself to speak. Right. Speak. Get your chakras together, people. Because <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation that can be a part two of this interview. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, dumping into these rappers real quick, brother. Mm-hmm. So, we have some quick uh, rapid, I love rapid, rapid fire question. Um, so, let's go. Maybe <sighs> five, it might be seven questions. Okay, okay I love here rapid. you go. Um, MJ or Prince? Michael Jackson. <laughs> There's a tattoo on me right here. I can't. How can I not? That's clean. Even though they're both two goats in two different areas and two different genres. I'm going to say that. <laughs> Artists who inspire you. Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Peter Vandross. Do you have a celeb lookalike? They say the baby, but I don't believe that. <laughs> Go-to karaoke song. Go-to karaoke song. Uh, why don't I know this? Uh, if I should stay, I would only be in your way. Just a reminder that I cannot sing. <laughs> um, if you had to eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, uh, edamame. Edamame. Mm-hmm. Summer or winter? Summer. I'm July, baby. Gotta be. Hey. Um, an artist that might have you starstruck. Woo, they're all dead. <laughs> Last book you read. Last book I read is 
It's an orange book. I don't remember uh, the the simple art. I think of not giving a. Ah, uh, yeah. I think that's yeah, what it's called. Yeah. This is this is a tough one for me right here okay. because I, Drew Hill one twelve. Woo, one twelve. You got to be kidding me! I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. One twelve. is... I'm always between Drew Hill and Jagged Edge. Like, do you Ooh, balance those two? Jagged Edge and Drew Hill. I'm gonna go I'm with Drew Hill go, over Jagged. I still go with Drew Hill. Definitely. I feel like, but I think what we're talking about is catalog difference. And when you talk about one twelve, you're talking about commercial R and B, and then you talk about a Drew Hill who has commercial success but still has so many records that are great that are not also commercial. But that's the difference between having like a Diddy and then having like somebody completely different who has two different mindsets but that's a whole nother conversation musically Hennessy mm. or Openeris? Uh, I mean you know my guy like Hennessy so we gonna go with Hennessy <laughs> even though we appreciate you yes we appreciate you I gotta edit that cause he meant to say Uncle Neris okay y'all. let's try one more time Uncle Neris uh, Hennessy Uncle Neris Uncle Neris for sure <laughs> gotta go with that <laughs> definitely yo my brother I love you and I appreciate you for being here today because this was a super honest conversation we always went on for hours for hours I could've kept going yes sir brother there was so much to touch on um, but and I just um, wanna give you your flowers too before you try to cut me off and talk about me you I am very, very honored to know you, and not because of the simple things that people may think, but I just see an entrepreneur in you that does so many things with his heart and leads with a godlike mind, and I think that there's enough of us that don't do that, to be honest, and you out here really getting to it, and I see that like your businesses, they're really filled with a lot of positive energy and a lot of love, and like I think that that's why people cling to it so much, you know? covered by God it's not just a, it's not God that's selling the the stuff to be honest it's you it's like right. you're you're giving someone that understanding you know with the clothing but it's like they they know you when they say Ladoon it's like oh Ladoon of course I'll buy it give it to me I want the shorts I want the shirt I want this and third and some of them probably may not even be really in a godlike mind leading when they buy it they just buying it because they like you and they like the energy that you come with and I feel like that's something that is very important for any entrepreneur and you have that and I'm just you know I'm honored to know that I can be friends with somebody who's really out here working and getting to it and unashamed and unafraid to be um, a part of the body of God in my eyes. You know, It's amazing. We got to shoot that commercial um, that you just did for me. But, <laughs> yo, toast to you, my brother. Yes, sir. Clink. Love, yo. Always. And that's another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. Stop being conventional. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hey! Yes,